update, they say it's not about what you know, but who you know. And in this Proximity Podcast, we have a no BS approach. We're bringing you industry leaders with real solutions and real actionable items you can implement for your real estate business. Welcome to the Proximity Podcast. I am excited to be here for episode technically number two. And we are going to be doing uh, a little flip side of what we did on the first episode. Today, I get to actually interview Jake. Jake, I'm going to interview you, man, and uh, get to get to throw some random questions at you. And uh, But we're also going to be talking about some superpowers. So uh, y'all don't know this about me. I'm a bit of a, a, a superhero nerd. And uh, but we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about superheroes today. So uh, buckle up. Get your pens, papers ready. Let's go. You ready, Jake? I'm ready. Is it weird if I'm a little nervous? You should be nervous because I haven't prepped you on any of these questions. No, you haven't. No, I haven't. So um, real quick, uh, let's let's jump right in. Uh, Nathan, I'm Nathan Daniel. I am the Proximity Podcast host, Mr. Jake Dixon here that we're going to be diving into today, our co-host. And uh, we're going to be hearing all about Jake and superpowers. So Jake, kick us off and give us the 30,000 foot view of, of who is Jake Dixon, where are you from, those kind of things. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I am a father. I am a husband. I'm a very passionate individual that resides in the state of Wisconsin. So those of you out there, if you know where the Wisconsin Dells is, then that is roughly where I live. And uh, yeah, founder, CEO of The Locker Room, co-founder of The Locker Room Leadership and Coaching Academy, uh, entrepreneur, author, content creator, all the wonderful things. And uh, now I guess officially a co-host of a podcast. Woohoo! We're doing this. Yes. Uh, I Man, it's I'm excited to be doing this with you. And I know we've been talking about it for a while and it's official that we're actually uh, doing the thing. So uh, I want to know a little bit more though. Like you have a, you have a, you have a, you have a really cool story. I, I want to say that. Like I've always loved your story. Every time I hear it, um, whether you're in a crowd or in a small group, like every time you tell them, like, man, it's such a it's such a cool story. So I want to dive into it a little bit. We're not going to go into the whole thing, but uh, take me back. Uh, you played a little ball. You played a little ball in your in your time. I so did. tell us a little bit about that and uh, and your story there about uh, your pro ball. Okay. Yeah, I dabbled. I dabbled in, in some baseball. So um, I grew up in the sticks of Illinois. I mean, I'm from a town of 700 people in the middle of nowhere. And uh, not offensively saying this, but most people don't exactly go on to play anything competitively for sports. What they do is they farm and they stay around. And that's cool. It's just not the life I wanted for myself. So I'd always been a dreamer, always been really good at sports, not just baseball, but all sports. And you can't tell if you're listening or, or watching this, but I'm six foot six. I'm a big dude. And um, it wasn't exactly the most popular choice in the world when I was a sophomore and decided not to play basketball and other things my junior and senior years because I decided to go all in on baseball. So that being said, I got drafted out of high school in the 18th round by the Oakland A's to be a hitter, believe it or not even though all along in my mind, I was a pitcher. And so I ended up uh, declining that offer, took a full ride scholarship down to the University of North Florida to play baseball. And uh, my next eligible year, my which was my junior year, I got drafted again by the uh, Anaheim Angels this time, except uh, this was not as a hitter. This time it was as a pitcher. And so I went on to play professional baseball. And it was my very first year in pro ball that I retore my pitching elbow. And I'd always promised myself I wouldn't get a second surgery. And so that was it. And it was time to move on with my uh, life with a quote unquote real job, I guess you might say. But baseball has certainly been a huge influence in part of my life. And of course, here 
with what we do at the locker room is influenced so many things there as well. Yeah. I know I've, I've heard so many stories and I, I believe you're going to get into some of those today uh, a little later on. So I'm excited about that. And I put something together that was actually interesting. Whenever you uh, were telling us the other day, I was like, you know, you were drafted by two teams that start with the letter A. So you like uh, getting A's, it sounds like. I, I do. <laughs> you're, you're a nerd. Anyway, <laughs> but what I am proud of, is, which is not normal, is I got drafted by as two different things. One was a position player slash hitter. They wanted my bat. Um, and then the next time was as a pitcher. And I thought, yeah. that was, you know, it's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Very versatile. Very versatile. Well, um, all right. So so let's fast forward a little bit. I know, you know, some life and things happened. Uh, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're in getting into real estate now. Like, tell us about that transition and what that looked like. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'll spare everybody all the details. But my first job post baseball was actually working for a staffing agency company in Jacksonville, Florida. And after seven months, I, <laughs> I realized this is not for me. This sucks. And so I can say this now, I think safely, but let's just say I use that as an opportunity as I'm hunting for other people to get jobs. I turned the script around and said, huh, well, what about some jobs out there that I might be interested as I look for a change of career here? And so I got into real estate because of that. And there was a speed hiring event. I can't make this stuff up. And it was put on locally by Lennar Homes, a very large national home builder. And so I go to this Ramada Inn hotel where they have this speed dating event. The line of people is out the door. And I ended up being one of four people they hired at this speed hiring event. And um, from there became, became the internet new home consultant. So I could sell in any new construction neighborhood in the area versus being an on-site rep. And that was really the start of my real estate journey. I ended up moving back home to Illinois to, to pursue entrepreneurship and going a different route. But that's where I later got my real estate license uh, in the state of Illinois and uh, ended up hanging it with a company called Keller Williams out of the Quad Cities. And after selling one home, I get the tap on the shoulder, the call from the owner saying that she wanted to interview me to be the team leader of this particular office, which is basically fancy language for the CEO. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm the new guy, I've sold one home here. And yet I had a track record of success in real estate, uh, building other businesses and things. And uh, as I say, the rest is history. And that's really what launched us to where we are today. Well, I know you, I, you crushed it. I, I, Cause I know you were getting awards and all that kind of stuff for that particular role and everything, which, uh, you know, is great. But I, I know that uh, you also kind of went a different direction. You're like, you really wanted to, you became passionate about coaching, right? Yeah. So yes. in that transition, like what in your gut was like, I, I really want to lead people and really help people. So tell, tell us about that. So here's the thing, you know, I, I did that successfully for a number of years, just as you did, Nathan, um, being the CEO of this office that involved a lot of recruiting, a lot of retention efforts, a lot of managing other people and running the day-to-day -day operations of an office. And I'm forever grateful for that experience. But when it hit me, was when I realized that that's not exactly what I'm passionate about. It's not what lights me up. What really lit me up was sitting across the table from an agent, an individual, pouring into them, understanding what are your goals? What's your big why? What's the action plan we need to take in order to achieve those goals? And I'm thinking, well, why am I not doing this full time? And so I set out on a path to become a real estate coach. You know my story, Nathan. I got declined four times, including by my own office. Nobody wanted to give me a chance until um, one finally landed in my lap. And the first year, really first six months, 
unbeknownst to me at the time, we ended up building one of the top, if not the top, coaching program uh, across the country, across the world, really, for this company, Keller Williams at the time. And uh, luckily for me, I documented and had a vision. I documented everything I was doing. God forbid it actually worked. And that was really the springboard into launching what now today is the locker room. But I'll, I'll never lose sight of what this is about. It's not about, you know, the prestige, the money, the recognition, anything like that. It's about the individual agent. And if we can change one agent at a time through one conversation at a time, that ripple effect leads us to our real mission here at the locker room, which is uh, transforming the real estate industry, specifically the 87% failure rate. We take a stance for the underserved through those agents within their first five years of the business who may flunk out otherwise. There's plenty of coaching options out there for the already successful agents, quote unquote. And we're really about that new agent, the dual career, or somebody who maybe has bumpered their head against the ceiling, knowing that there's more out there for them. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, back in those days, right? I was I was leading an office and everything. And I, I think that's the first time that uh, you were on stage. You were actually speaking yeah. on stage at a big event. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I like this guy's, I like this guy's vibe just because your passion was coming across with how you were like running that entire program. So, uh, and then very shortly thereafter is when we actually connected for the first time. So, yeah, well, I, and you know, I've had conversations about this. It started to feel yucky a little bit where I'm recruiting 20, 25 agents a month and you've been there too. Yep. And I can sell that all day long, but it started to feel out of alignment or a little gross to me because I knew full well that these 20 or 25 brand new agents this month, the previous month, the next month, we're just cycling them through. We weren't delivering on the promises. I'm like, you know what? I'm contributing to the problem. Yeah. And so instead of being a part of the problem, that's why I put my coach hat on and decided to be a part of the solution. Here we are. Stop messing with people's lives and really embrace it and, and support them. So exactly. I, I was messing stuff. with people's lives just to keep my own dang job and to keep the bosses off my back. Instead, here we are again in the trenches, rolling up our sleeves, helping the individual agent launch those careers and sustain their careers so they beat the odds and we move that percentage in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, that is a, uh, it's a great story. And then officially launching locker room in, uh, I guess, in the first expansion office in 2017. That's and right. uh, man, then we took this whole thing to the entire industry. What, 2020? It was January of 2020. January 2020. And ever since then, with your help and leadership, Nathan, and so many others, we've helped literally hundreds of different brands and brokerages, tens of thousands of agents all across North America. And yet at the end of the day, as we sit here today, it still feels like we're just getting started and just figuring things out, which excites the heck out of me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, uh, that's awesome. All right. So enough about locker room. Let's talk about uh uh, a couple different things. Um, I want to hear. Okay, I I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, so everybody else can. I'm going to ask you the same one of the same questions. What's your favorite book? Tell us your favorite book. Oh, well, that's easy. Um, so for me, write this down. Those of you listening or watching this, uh, it would be The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. That book it hit me at a time probably when I needed it. So maybe that's why it's just always stuck out to me. Other people may read it or listen to it and say, "Yeah, that's a good book." But it shook me to the core. And I remember writing about it, journaling about it. And ever since then, I just make it a habit to listen to it at least once a year. And that book, every single time, just I hear something or grab onto something new. And, and the beautiful part is every chapter, I don't want to give away the book, but it's almost written as a, 
as a beautiful affirmation at the end of each chapter, each lesson that this guy experiences and goes through. So it's, it's fascinating to me. It's just, that's always going to be probably tops number one on, on the book list for me. Yeah. Well, and if you haven't, uh, I, I want to make sure we are going to drop the link below. So, uh, we'll drop the link below in the comments or in the, in the thread and everything. So if you want to go check that out, check it out. I, I, I agree with you. It's an amazing book. And I really prefer actually listening to it because yes. it I, just the narration and every piece of that, it just, you really get into the story with that. So I, that's my recommendation is, is read is listen to it. So, all right. So uh, let's see here. Next question. What is the greatest lesson you've learned in the last 12 months? Oh my gosh. Okay. Pretty now we're getting real. Yeah. You didn't prep me for these, man. Nope. So greatest lesson. Hmm. I would say there's a couple just right off the top of my off my off my head. I would say number one, surround yourself with a group of people that are equally committed as you are to a common purpose, a common mission. Right? People come and go; they're not bad. Like there's, I get it. There's certain people that serve a season in your life, a season for your business, and I'm completely content knowing that. And yet, what I've realized over the last twelve months is that I don't need to be, build a big, massive staff or independent contractor organization to do big things. Sometimes when you actually get small, that's the answer of how you get big. So I really um, upped my standards and what I expect of those around me and what they can expect of me in return and doing more with potentially less, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, really focusing on my inner circle and, and who I allow into that space And again, it doesn't make me better or anything like that. So don't get the wrong idea. I'm just protecting that because I really, truly believe you are the average of the top five people you associate with the most. And by by hunkering up with you, Nathan, you make me better. You push me every day to be better and stronger. And I can never rest or just find myself sitting there complacent because the minute that I do that, you'll start to lose respect for me and I I can no longer lead, you know? So, Mm -hmm. So that really spoke to me as far as these last 12 months. And the other one, frankly, is just more about, it's one thing to create content. And we are just as much content creators here as anything, right? And yet it's another thing to really put on the hat and build your own brand, build your own following or audience and using things that you're already doing as a way to repurpose yourself. And and I don't mean that to sound self-serving at all, but the reality is people are more loyal to doing business with people not exactly so much loyal or, or there's not that sticky factor to do business with just a brand name. So it's one thing to, to do business with the locker room. It's a different sounding thing. And it takes a different new meaning when you do business with Nathan Daniel mm-hmm. at the locker room. So I've really tried to, to put myself out there in different ways to, for the greater good of all. And yet I've always hidden behind the locker room. I never wanted to be the name. I never wanted to be the face, but now I get it. That in some, to at least to some degree, I need to be more of that to create a bigger world for everybody who's a part of ours. That's great. That's great, man. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I greatly appreciate it. And I I, uh, I hope you were listening out there. Y'all, y'all took some of that and wrote it down because that's uh, some very valuable advice. So make sure y'all write that down. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you one final question. All right. Yep. This is a big one. Did not prepare you for this. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. I've got a maybe a goofy answer for you because it's in the intro 
of our of our show here, right? We don't stand for BS. So if I had a superpower, it would be the ability to see through bullshit. Just like I can see through. I got these laser beam eyes that I know. I don't need X, you know, X-ray eyes. I can see your bones and all that weird stuff, but I can see through BS. So I, I don't know. Is that an acceptable answer? Totally, totally. It <laughs> takes like the lasso of truth and puts a whole new spin on it. So yeah. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of superpowers, okay. I want to, I want to hear a little bit more like, cause you have this, this thing that you've been doing. I've been seeing, you know, you're going to different offices, you're speaking on stages around it. Um, and you're, you're talking about and delivering topics on superpowers. So tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. So what you're referencing um, is a, a keynote speech that's now turned into a presentation that I do all across the United States is turning your super, I'm sorry, turning your defining moments into your superpowers. And really, in a nutshell, what that gets at is all of us have a story. All of us have a journey. I've never met a successful person who hasn't had to overcome some you-know-what stuff, okay? And oftentimes, life can just pass us by. And a lot of people maybe have heard this quote that life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you. And, and I say, do you really believe that? Have you actually thought about that? How does that apply to your life? Show me examples. So what are the lessons that if we just pause for a hot minute, we can look back at our life, identify what those quote unquote defining moments are. It helps shape your character. It helps define and, and, and result in who you are today. And we don't do that. A lot of people, we just keep going and going and going and we're running on this hamster wheel in this rat race. And one day we look back and say, wow, where did time go? And so I'm all about being intentional. You look at the, the the best sports teams, of course, I'm going to use sports analogies, whether it be the Super Bowl, let's use the Super Bowl. What were those teams doing leading up to the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, they're practicing and they're doing all that stuff, but they're also in the war room watching game film. They're studying game film, not only on themselves, but also their opponents. Where did we miss that block? How could we run that play better next time? That's what I'm talking about for our life. Right? Where are those moments? And oftentimes it shows up in the form of lows. Maybe you're dragging this weight around and you need to you need to have a conversation with it. You need to take whatever that low was or defining moment was that has shaped who you are today and say, you know what? What what's the lesson? What's the gift inside of that moment that I can now actually create and make a superpower instead of being a victim to it? Because life does not happen to me, it happened for me. And if it happens for me, it's my job to extract the gift and make that gift a superpower of mine because now it's not um, pulling against me, it's actually being utilized to work for me. Oh, that's good. That's good. I wrote, I wrote, uh, th I took some notes there. That was, that was great, man. Well, um, okay. So th the next part of this is like, you talk about being like success, right? What the definition of success, you kind of go into that a little bit, but you, you kind of break the chain, right? You know, it's success lives outside of our comfort zone. Do you really believe that? Oh, you're hitting on one. Oh man. <laughs> so most of your, our listeners right now probably have heard this at some point, or maybe even said at some point that success lives outside your comfort zone. And some of you with what I'm about to say, may say, Jake, you're splitting hairs. You're just playing semantics here, but here's our belief system. I don't believe success lives outside of your comfort zone. I got to believe there's more to life and success, whatever that means, than just waking up every day, doing something that I dread. Okay. And so our different take on this, number one, starts with, well, what does success mean to you? Your definition of success is probably very different than mine. 
my fear for most of the listeners is you're defining success to equate money. And I think that is a mass, you just need to be very careful there. When you say, oh, that person's so successful, what are you really saying? Are you actually just saying that person makes a lot of money? Because success to someone else may be living a, a comfortable lifestyle and having an awesome marriage or the best relationships. Like your definition of success should not be wrapped up in the DNA of how much is in your bank account only, right? True, Some people true. have so much yeah. money that they're broke because their relationships are non-existent. Yeah. And so we take that, Nathan, and we spin that and say, well, what do, what do you stand for then? So I stand for, and I know you do too as well, that success doesn't necessarily live outside of your comfort zone. Stop subscribing to that. Success lives and starts with your strength zone. And to us, very quickly, the strength zone in the middle of this bullseye represents you, the core of you. It is your transferable skills from other careers. It is your uh, behavioral style. If you take the DISC or Strengths Finder, any one of these assessments, it's your experiences, it's your perspectives, it's your interests, hobbies. It's all of that stuff that creates this recipe called you. And once I can identify the things that I'm naturally gifted at, if I went to my top five friends or family members and said, what, are, what do you see? What do you think I'm naturally good at? Pay attention to those answers, right? And so now my job is to take all of that, acknowledge it, accept it, own it, and begin to expand my strength zone into the second tier, which is experimentation, being more purposeful, understanding what to say yes to versus what to say no to, on and on. And the ultimate outcome being I'm maximized. I'm operating with a new level of strategic thinking. My network now looks different of who I run with, all because I owned who I was, said, I don't need to be good at everything. I just need to be amazing at these few things that I enjoy. They come natural to me. My skill set and my history supports it. How do I take that and be great at real estate? So now I'm not waking up every day wanting to stab my eyes out, calling Fizbo's and expireds because I don't like it. But if I enjoy being creative and I'm great with art or design work on the computer, great. Take that and figure out your lead generation mechanisms based on that. Now you wake up every day excited, motivated versus dreading just because somebody, when you got into real estate, told you that this is how you succeed. This is what worked for me. And that's just not what our belief system is here. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, so many good points there. I hope everybody listening right now is taking notes with this. And, um, you know, I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all experienced a little bit of burnout at some point, I'm, I'm sure. And it may be because we weren't doing those things, right? We weren't living in our strength zone. We were operating in that area where like, oh, well, I'm going to work on this weakness or I have this challenge. So I'm going to work on that. And that's kind of what leads to that exhaustion and potential burnout. So yeah. So, okay. Um, you know, I, I know you give this keynote. So if anybody's looking for a keynote speaker, man, this one right here is something. So reach out to Jake, definitely book him for your next event. But I just summon, summon this up. Like if you could, you know, tell somebody like to take steps towards this process, like kind of give us a summary of, of what are the steps that they would take to implement this in their own lives? Yeah, great. So there's four steps. It's a four-step process. We have a whole workbook and, and people can reach out if they want to um, learn how to get that. But step one is basically what I've walked you through already. It's examining my current belief system, examining my current reality. 
what, how am I programmed? What are the things I've accepted to be true and haven't maybe questioned or challenged in a long time? Like, does success really have to live outside my comfort zone? And in step one, I'm also answering the most basic question, which is, well, if I say these things like success lives outside my comfort zone, I'm going more fundamental than that. How do you even define success? What does that mean to you? And Nathan, you know, we coach a lot. That's one of the questions I spend a lot of time with my coaching clients working on. Mm -hmm. And we don't, most people can't even define that. And yet we're quick to judge ourselves or grade ourselves against our neighbor and, and, and say, we want to be like that. Well, their definition is probably different than yours. So why am I chasing or comparing my insides to somebody else's outsides? That's step one. Define that and examine your current reality. Step two is studying the game film. That's what I was saying. It's going back in your life, however far back you want to go, and just writing down on a sheet of paper, maybe it's multiple sheets of paper, every scenario, every event, everything, anything that stands out to you as a defining moment that helps shape who you are today. That's step two. Step three, then, is to take those things that you would have written down on paper and flip the script. For each one, you're going to ask questions like, how did this serve me? How can I take that and extract the lesson or principle from it? What is it? Right? So I'm going to find the positives in any sort of negatives or life events that maybe you would have written down. And then you're going to make a declaration with an I am statement. It goes like this. Because of blank, I am blank because of it. So because I blew my, my pitching elbow out my first year of pro ball, I am resilient and strong and now a person who has faith over fear because of it. You see what I'm doing? Yep. Yep. And then the number four, last and final step, it's quite simple. You figure out what you do with this. Who needs to hear your story? Who could be liberated or empowered by you being a little vulnerable and saying, you know what? I'm no longer ashamed of these things. I'm no longer afraid of them or embarrassed by them. It's because of them that I am now blank. Mm -hmm. Look at me, go hear me roar. And there's someone out there or some way you can utilize that new sense of clarity for yourself to go about your relationships, your business, your freedom, whatever it is that you want to do to apply it. And I'm telling you, we have this whole again, workbook and step-by-step -step process to help folks do that. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So I want to, I want to summarize that real quick. So um, what you just said, so if we wanted to implement this in our lives, anybody listening right now, here are the points again, you need to stop and define what does success mean to you? Define what success means to you. Second piece, what are your defining moments throughout your life that have led you to where you're at today? Third is asking questions of those moments and diving deeper. I love that because too often I think in our in our world, we are just shoved with content and, and just busyness all the time. But what I love about this particularly is it forces you to slow down and listen, you know, to that six inches, right? It's right the most important your, step. Right. I mean, you got you to gotta ask yourself what's in your heart and all that kind of stuff right there. And then asking yourself, what do I do with this now? Who do I hear in a story? And uh, since we're talking about superpowers, I'll give you one of my favorite quotes because I know you love quotes. Um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility right? Old Ben, you know, Uncle Ben there, right? So I, I just want to say that to anybody out there, I love what you just said about telling your story, because uh, that's very close to my heart. And, and sharing your story can be the one of the most powerful things that you do for somebody else 
and you don't know what impact you can have for them. So I love this process of slowing down, understanding what's inside you and creating your own superpower. So thank you for sharing that with us today, man. That's been super good. Thank you. All right. Well, um, this has been an amazing episode where we've got to go in a, a little bit deeper, get to know uh, Jake over here, whichever direction it is. My, I don't know which camp, which way the camera is, you know, that way. Uh, but uh, we got to know Jake a little bit, but thank you for going deeper with, uh, with your superpower talk. If you want to book Jake, just reach out. Uh, I know you can go on the website again. We'll have the link and everything below, but TLRNation.com. Uh, I know you've got a speaker page and all that stuff where you can find out more information there. Of course, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So be sure to uh, comment if you're listening to this, whether it's now, whether it's in the future to you, it's right now, but go ahead and drop us a comment and tell us what you thought. All right. And thanks again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the, the, the questions and um, you didn't put me on my heels too bad today. That's so I consider bad. that a win. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Proximity Real Estate Podcast. We'll catch y'all on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Proximity Podcast. We hope you'll implement the real solutions and real action items into your real estate business. Be sure and subscribe to get updates on new episodes and join us on Facebook where industry professionals go to collaborate. Don't forget to hit us with your feedback and likes. We'd love to hear from our raving fans. Until next time.